This is Patrick Patterson, and you're listening to the NTTB Podcast. All right, and welcome into episode 29 of the NTTB podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Alex, joined in by my co-host, Anthony. What's good? What's good? And it's been it's been very good here lately. As you know, it's been a very good go of it um, here in the past uh, about week week and a half. Um, the Thunder have so it's been it's been kind of you know this this is the time of year where the cream kind of rises to the top, and we've seen that with some of the teams out there. We've seen Houston, you know, they're winning. What was it? What's like thirteen, fourteen games in a row yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, we've seen Toronto come in there and kind of win eleven in a row before tonight or before today. Um, and they went 11 in a row, and they actually catapulted themselves into first place in the East. Same thing with Houston, catapulting themselves into first place in the West. Well, uh, locking it down, basically. Basically. They, 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 were, they, were in the, they were number one in the West since right before the All-Star break. Yeah, that and then the, the injuries that Golden State has kind of compiled have kind of uh, helped them to get that boost to you know, go ahead and solidify themselves as the number one seed probably going forward. Thunder on a six-game winning streak, and we're still – with the possibility of not being in the playoffs because of how tight oh my it is between three and ten, the West is crazy. The West is just we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll we'll talk about the standings and get into that. Um, but yeah, I mean we we've had a good go of it here lately. So other teams are streaking, um, and we're also streaking. Um, so so we're gonna, we're kind of going to go ahead and go through this past week's games. Um, so on was it Monday? So on Monday. Uh, we won versus Sacramento in Oklahoma City. Uh, it was 106-101. to 101. It was a back-and-forth affair in the first half uh, with the Thunder taking a six-point lead into halftime. And then the Thunder do that thing where they come out of halftime sometimes and they forget how to play. They forget that they have you know, two current All-Stars and a former All-Star and then you know, a great big man. They they forget that. They forget there's a second half. They forget, and then they forget how to defend a three point line. And so the other team usually comes back at that time, which is what Sacramento did. And they outscored the Thunder by seven, and they took a one point lead heading into the fourth quarter. Now, mind you, this is so it's been a good week, but it's still kind of where. So the last time we talked, we talked about an <laughs> unsuccessful successful week. Um, where we were winning games, but we were struggling against teams that we didn't need to struggle against. Teams that we could have saved, saved some minutes on our starters. Exactly. Saved some minutes down in this long run leading into a playoff run. Yeah, so, so kind of the same thing happened here. In Sacramento, we always struggle against Sacramento. For some reason, uh, I guess Sacramento's ability to, to hit three-pointers, which they're, like I think, number two or number three in the league as far as three-point percentage. Um, their ability, they're the young legs. I mean, the the Thunder are no longer a young team that you look at and you're like, hey, they're going to get better. They're going to be great in about five to you know five to six seasons or you know three or four seasons. No, the the Thunder are a veteran laden team. Everybody in that starting lineup, basically outside of Adams, has been in the league at least what seven eight years. Um, so yeah, so so the the Thunder no longer are, are the spring chickens in the league, and so sometimes those teams that come in. And 
you know, they're real young. They like to get out in transition. They like to shoot a lot of threes. They like to play with a fast pace. The Thunder tend to struggle with those this season. And so we kind of saw that this game also. Uh, but Thunder took control of it early in the fourth quarter and held off the Kings uh, to, again, win 106-101. to So in that game, uh, Melo had 21 points on 7-14 of shooting, 5-7 of from three-point land to go along with six rebounds. Uh, Brewer had 16 points on 4-8 of shooting. Uh, one of four from three, six rebounds, two steals, one block. Paul George, 21 on seven and 18, four of nine from three, six rebounds, five assists. And then Russ, uh, who has been on a triple-double tear, had 17 points, 10 boards, 11 assists. And Russ, then Russ has looked good. He's looked real he's good. He's looked real good. I think, uh, I think he – so Russ, is, I think, is one of those players that can flip a switch. And I think he's the he, proverbial switch. Yeah, he knows what type of what, what time of year it is, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure he's he's flipping that switch well, now. Well, but I mean, <clears throat> he's been consistent with triple doubles all season. Yeah, um, and you know he's just maintains triple doubles all season. It's just kind of something that seems to be expected. These but these triple doubles have felt we have felt more meaningful. Yes, yeah, than they yeah. did earlier in the season. They're more they're more impactful because of the West. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, I mean, the convolution that is the West right now, these triple doubles are even that much more impactful because, you know, we're talking about the potential of losing a game or not, mm-hmm. you know, or, or winning the game. Yeah, it's, it's basically so like based those, on his production. Those triple doubles in early in the season, some of them did look like stat padding. Some of it did look like he was just trying to get numbers. Uh, these triple doubles here lately, he's he's had a what was it five in a row? I think. Something like that, yeah. Um, these triple-doubles have been very impactful. The team has needed everything that he has done um, to actually come out of some of these games. Um, so so it's good. I mean, the, the the great players that the Thunder have are stepping up when they need them to. Um, so in that Sacramento game, Adams left in the third quarter with a hip contusion. He kind of got into a, uh, into a, a tussle with uh, was it Zach Randolph and somebody else. And he fell to the ground, and you know he's a large human being. So, so when he fell to the ground, it kind of it kind of uh, causes more of an impact than you know maybe what me and you fall. Um, so he was out um, for the next game with a hip contusion. And so we move on to Tuesday night. So it's a back to back type scenario. We you know we won in Oklahoma City, and then we traveled to Atlanta, um, where we still won. It was one nineteen to one oh seven. But again, I don't know if it was tired legs. I don't know if it was. You know, that thing where, you know, we play against these teams that aren't necessarily, you know, it's not a big-time impactful opponent, and we tend to let our guard down and not play up to our potential. Um, So Atlanta dominated in the second quarter, and they took a 12-point lead heading into halftime. Uh, But the good thing is it kind of flipped on, flipped for us. Uh, So the Thunder came out in the third quarter, and they came out guns blazing, uh, came out real strong and took actually took a two point lead heading into the fourth, and the person that was amazing in that third quarter was Carmelo Anthony, especially in the first five minutes. Uh, he was four or five from three. He hit twelve points in that in the first five minutes and basically just brought the team back. Him and Westbrook just brought the team back. He was lighting them up. He was. I mean, he was. That's I mean, just, he, he was. He was, missed. He missed the first one, and then after that, he just hit every. You know, the rest it was of the four. Vintage Carmelo. Yeah, it was. You know, he was. He was right there. You know, he was patting his head with the three. You know, with the three point shot thing that he does. A little celebration. Um, but yeah, he was. He was great, and it was needed because Paul George. So we were already down 
Steven Adams in this game. And then sometime in that third quarter, Paul George went out whenever he got tripped up for going for a rebound, and he left with a hip-slash-groin injury. Right. Um, eventually it was called pelvic inflammation. Uh, but he was held out for the rest of the game in that one. So basically for the second half, when we were trying to come back, we were down Adams and we were down George. Two um, starters. Down two two starters, starters, yeah. So so <laughs> the fact that we actually won this game, earlier in the season we would have lost this game. You know, this game, th- th- you know, now we're actually winning these games. So I think this is the mark of a good team getting better. So you always see those games sometimes where like the Warriors are kind of piddle paddling with a lesser opponent. Um, and then, you know, they turn it on in the third or fourth quarter and eventually, you know, run away with the game. Right. That's what the Thunder is starting to do. You know, that's what good teams start to do against lesser opponents. Um, so you saw that in this game. You saw that um, Billy Donovan was making adjustments pretty quickly. So Dakari started in this game and he played seven minutes. And Billy noticed that it was not working at all and pulled him. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. Uh, Mello, 21 points on 6 of 11, shooting from 3, uh, 4 rebounds, and 3 blocks. Uh, we needed every one of that, you know, every one of those stats from him. Westbrook, 32, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, uh, which turned out to be his 100, 100th career triple-double. Triple double. Um, so also in that game, Patterson had 12 points on 3 of 4, on 2 of 3 shooting from, from deep, and 4 of 6 free throws. And he was very key in the, I believe it's the fourth quarter, where he got to the line, I think it was four times um, on back-to-back possessions. But that kind of stalled any run that Atlanta was making. And so his veteran leadership off the bench actually helped him out. And then Grant. Grant was amazing in this game. So whenever uh, they took out Dakari, they put in Grant to go ahead and kind of start the second half at center. And he was amazing. He had 20 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 2 of 2 from three-point land, uh, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Everything that you ask of Grant, he gives it to you, especially when you need it the most. Um, so, yeah, that was, in, in my opinion, it was a great game because, again, early in the season we had kind of the same situation with Brooklyn where we played them in Mexico City. Right. Uh, we were down Paul George. Um, I think everybody else was there. We were down Paul George and we played horribly. You know, I don't know if it was uh I don't know if it was the altitude in Mexico City. It's a lot like Denver there. I don't know if it was just like it's one of those games yeah. you know, that we play sometimes. Um so, you know, if the Thunder would have lost this game, it would have been a horrible loss, number one. Um, uh, but you you know, you kinda would have looked at it and looked at this team how they perform in these types of situations, and you would have said, Yeah, that was expected. But they actually battled through and they actually came out with a win. Well, you know, it's good to see Patterson lately on the second, I would say the second half, mm-hmm. uh, has been the Patterson that we were expecting to get, right? Obviously, with the Carmelo Anthony deal that kind of shakes up, we were projecting Patterson to be the starting four. Yeah. Um, so now he's moved to a bench role and he's done fine, but it seems like in the second half is now where he's kind of emerged to the player that we thought he was going to be. And then, you know, a game like this where Jeremy Grant, you know, goes off for 20. Is finally something we see the payoff of the work that mm-hmm. has been put in for the last two years, um, and it, it's always good to see when when that payoff finally starts to develop. Yeah. Um, and you're struggling, and you're down some guys, and the bench comes in and plays great, and you guys can pull out this you know you pull out this win that's been missing or that was basically a, a foregone conclusion as a loss earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean that's that's been. <coughs> 
that's been the kind of the the story, the narrative here in the second half of the season where we're actually beating the teams that we're supposed to, regardless of whether it's pretty or ugly, uh, we're still beating them. And then we've kind of regressed a little bit when it comes to playing the top tier teams. You know, we lost to Houston, we lost to Golden State after the All Star break. Um, who else did we? I, I think those are those the only two teams we've lost so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah since since the All Star break. Um, so yeah, so you know we've kind of reverted back a little bit in that respect. Um, but you know we've we're, we're starting to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. Um, and so Russell Westbrook, hundred triple doubles on that game. The record is 181. What do you think, man? You think he gets it? You think 180? I mean, you look so at 81. I was I was listening to uh, who was it? ESPN. I want to say mm-hmm. basically Russell Westbrook would have to average about 37 triple doubles for the next. Uh, That'd be probably what three years, two and a half years. Mm-mm-mm. So 37. Like four years, I think it was one. So four years would probably be around twenty per. Well, I mean, just I mean, and I say that, and I say that just thinking of a uh, thinking of a normal basketball player, how they tend to trend going into their thirties. So, I think November of this year he turns thirty. He turns thirty, and so he's been in the league. This is you know this is going to be his his tenth season, his full right. tenth season. Uh, so it'll be eleventh season going into next year, and so thirty years old, eleven you know eleven seasons worth of playoff basketball, worth of going into the finals for one year, you know going to the conference finals, a couple other seasons, um, and not really and missing the, too much time other than injury. yeah other than the knee injury year, but other than that he hasn't really missed too much time, <coughs> and so you know we see LeBron how he's progressed, but LeBron for the most part has been kind of an outlier as far as how people progress later in their careers. You know, he's still playing 82 games. He's still playing, you know, the most minutes in the league. Yeah, but, I mean, we also have seen instances where age is catching up with LeBron. Yeah. Uh, and I say, like, the the playoff run last year. Well, no, I mean, because he, he got 14 triple-doubles this year, and it's the most amazing <laughs> thing in the world. Uh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> but last year in the finals, you could see that the minutes were eating yeah, at he him. Was tired. He was tired. Mm-hmm. He had nothing left, and he tried to flip the switch, and he just didn't have it. Yeah. And he wasn't the LeBron as in previous years. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but and then you, but you also have to you also have to account for the fact that Westbrook is not a power forward. He's uh-huh. not two hundred and sixty pounds. He's not. Well, he is kind of getting hacked the same amount of time as a power forward is. But yeah. you know, so that those advantages could play into. Uh, him sustaining the triple double, you know, triple doubles for throughout his career. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is that the triple double didn't even become a stat till ten years after Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson was in the league, and he, I was listening to, he missed out on complete triple double seasons by like a rebound here and a yeah, like his first set. five seasons. He didn't even realize like that, if he would have averaged one more rebound per <laughs> one game. more rebound per game, or and one season he needed two Half more an points, or, yeah. Uh, then he would have had freaking three or four seasons of triple doubles. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is true. Yeah, I mean, you look at Oscar Robertson, and it's just you know we we're too young to really be like, oh yes, he was. You know, and this is before the age of a lot of games on TV and things of that nature. Um, but and it was a different game. You know, it's probably a lot. It was a lot quicker, but it was a lot 
you know, a lot more different, a lot less physical. It's also pre three point line, if I'm not mistaken. Some of it was pre three point line, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I mean, just I mean, just the fact that he's probably the only guy that's done that before Westbrook, where you know, consistently getting it, consistently having the opportunity to get a triple double for the entire season. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's just it's just pretty amazing. I wish I was. I was more of a historian to the point where I'm, you know, I would research, yeah. but I, you know, that's I, I'm not that kind of guy. But yeah, it is it is pretty amazing what he does, what he what he did. <laughs> and so do you think he gets the record? 181 triple doubles. I I I think he does. So he has what 22 this year. He had 42 yeah. last year. Yeah, he's 22. He has 22 this year. I think it all kind of depends on who's around him, too. I mean, so if we continue with this Paul George, you know, Stephen Adams trio, let's say three more seasons, I think he gets it a lot quicker than if he doesn't have those players. And then if he doesn't have, you know, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony around him, you know, because the assists, the assists can come easy if the guys around him are making shots. Uh, the rebounds are always going to be the thing that he kind of – struggles to get and that's what he's kind of struggled with this year where he needs to average like i think it's 12 rebounds per game for the last um i think 12 rebounds and like four assists yeah the assist is like 8.6 like he has to average 8.6 and he has to average about 12 rebounds per game for the rest of the games left in the season in order to get the triple double for the season i don't think he's he's gonna get it this year um but i mean it's gonna be like one of those oscar robertson years where it's Damn close, yeah. you know it's it's almost there, uh, but you just look at the great and I and I hate the fact that the the national media has turned triple doubles or you know has has looked at triple doubles now as like kind of raising their nose at it and like saying ugh everybody everybody can get a triple double yeah. no that is well, the list is four the I mean the list of the that's left yeah of the heavyweights is four Westbrook is four and then kid kid magic Johnson, and, and then, then Oscar, Oscar Robinson. Robinson that's it. Oh, I know that, man. But, I mean, it's just like just like I just said, like, Westbrook has been doing this for two and a half seasons. And he's, it's been amazing. It's been great. You know, he's, I'm talking about 42 one year, 22 this year. That's, what, 64? He had 18 the year before that. So, in a span of three years, he's had a full season's worth of triple-doubles. He literally has 50 more than the next closest guy. Yeah, oh, I know that. I know. Which is LeBron James. And he has, he, has, he has more in a career than 23 other teams. He has, yeah. Name me. He has more this season than like fifteen teams. Name me an accomplishment, another accomplishment that somebody has done to where he can look at it and say, "I have more of this than twenty three other teams have total in their history." You know what I'm saying? But yet the narrative is just because it's Westbrook. If if it would have been hard, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing in the world." You know, or LeBron does it. Or anybody it. else. Yeah, LeBron and does it. he has it. a triple-double on every single team in the league, minus, uh, you know, obviously minus the Thunder. The Thunder. But. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just it's very frustrating as a Thunder fan to look at that and just look at and just he, look at the amount of disrespect. Gets, yeah, yeah, non-credit that he gets. This is, it's, diff, it's a difficult thing to do. Like, like, there's always a portion of the triple-double that guys struggle with. So big men, it's pretty easy for them to get the rebounds and the points. That, that assist part is difficult. Right. You know, point guards, assists and points usually come easy. The rebounds, very difficult part of their uh, ability to get a three-point, to get a, a triple-double. So the fact that he's doing it, the fact that he has gotten 
a season's worth of triple doubles within three seasons. That's amazing to me. That's something that's incredible to me. That's something that outside of Oscar Robertson probably hasn't been done in a while. Maybe Magic Johnson. But I mean, yeah, it's well, just. Sh- sh- uh, Magic was the last. Well, no. I mean, Kidd would be the more recent example. But yeah. even even Jason Kidd's triple doubles, I mean, I, I, I don't think they were as frequent. No, he had a very long career. He had an extremely yeah, long so, career. So, you know. So you're talking about, you know, like 19, 20 seasons. He had kind of like, you know, a Vince Carter type career. Yeah, so. But he was he was he was good. He was he was playable right. well into his nineteenth and twentieth season type thing. So I mean, you know, I, I wish people would give him more of the credit. But you know, being that it's Westbrook and being that he's not somebody that's necessarily trying to get the accolades and the and the love from and the, and the that's press. The, that's the thing. Like I'm sure internally, personally, with his people all around him, you know, it's something. I'm sure he has goals, accomplishments. Yeah. He has a checklist. Um, but it's not something that he's out here like bragging about. It, you know, to him, it's just business as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was able to reach that milestone. He's appreciative of it, and let, you know, let's keep going. We still got twelve minutes left in this game. Yeah, but he's still human. You know, he's still human, and he, you know, he, he can talk about all he wants that he doesn't care, and you know, it's just about the next game and blah blah blah. But he's still human, and I'm well, pretty yeah, sure I'm saying- you know the accomplishments. Like if somebody else were to make <laughs> do these types of accomplishments. They would be, you know, it'd be rose petals thrown from the ground and, you know, just complete adoration. And for him, it's it's muted. It's it's muted a little bit as far as, you know, the adoration from the media, from other fans, things of that nature. So that's all. I mean, that's that's what kind of bothers me about it. Um, so moving on Friday night, uh, we were in Oklahoma City. We were facing the Clippers. Clippers are one of those teams that were, you know, they're charging hard, you know, charging hard behind us. I don't know if that sounds right, uh, but the, <laughs> they're behind the us. They're they're below us in the standings, and you know they're trying to win as many games. They've done pretty good here lately, and so they're kind of charging up the, uh, the standings here, uh, trying to reach us, trying to get into playoff contention. And so this was this game was the beginning of a, I believe it's ten or eleven teams in 12-game stretch, uh, so 11, te- 11 games in a row where they play teams that are over 500. So this was the beginning of it. And so this was the, this is the stretch that you kind of looked at after the All-Star break, and you were like, oh, crap. You know, if we don't have all our eggs, you know, if we don't have all our, all our things. Ducks in all, a row. All, yeah, all the ducks and all the, the eggs in the basket the and, one, and all know, that you, good stuff. So gen- all, all our ducks you, in a row. You generally don't want all your eggs in one basket. But so I think what you're looking for ducks is ducks in, in a, row. a row. Yes. So if we did not have all our ducks in a row up to this point, we might have been in trouble. You know, but, but you know, lately we've won against the teams that we needed to win against. And so it's kind of helped us to, to buffer any, anything that may occur here in the next 10 games. Um, but we ended up winning this game 121 to 113. Uh, the Clippers jumped out a little bit early, uh, but the Thunder took over in the second quarter, and they really didn't look back from there. Uh, both Paul George and Stephen Adams returned for this game, and George and Brewer did a great job on Lou Williams, did not allow him to get hot as he usually does. Um, Tobias Harris had a great game. He's, he's kind of showing that, you know, yeah, you're going to miss Blake Griffin, but this Tobias Harris guy, he's – He's okay. I mean, he's had a couple more. He's he's had a couple opportunities in Orlando and in Detroit to kind of show and prove, and he hasn't really done so. He's always started off quick and kind of fizzled out. 
and he might be doing the same thing here, but he's been, I mean, his his three-point shooting has really shown out. It looks like, you know, you can tell that he's been working on it, and, you know, he's gotten good. He's gotten good, and he looks like, as far as the trade goes, it might be a, an even trade, not necessarily anything that that is advantageous for either, either of the teams. Yeah, but you also got to think that Detroit has a plan to build around Blake Griffin and the guys that are there right now are not the guys that they have envisioned. That team has tanked. Like yes. when that when they first did that trade and they won the first couple games, I came on here and I was like, they're gonna make the playoffs and they're gonna give you know whoever they face is probably gonna be a top fits, yeah. fits or they're gonna beat them. Nah, man, <laughs> it's not looking that too good right is, now. But whew. you know, I'm pretty sure those those aren't the pieces that they have in mind. But can we talk about how? In this Clippers Thunders game, the Thunder looked like the away team, and the Clippers looked like the home team. Yeah, the jerseys. So the Thunder they had the, were wearing the, city, the alternate city jerseys, the which gray are ones. gray. Yeah, and the Clippers were also <laughs> wearing their alternate city jerseys. I think they were, but they're like a, a blue with like an orange trim. Yeah, so they're very like reminiscent of Thunder colors. It was it was kind of confusing at first when I tuned into the game. When I tuned into the game to watch it. I, I had to, like, you know, force you had to, perspective you had to do a, d- a double take real quick and be like, hold up, who's, what? Yeah, wait, wait, which one are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, that was pretty confusing. I mean, you're still getting used to the jerseys. Like, sometimes I, I turn on a game and I look at the jersey and I'm like, the hell jersey is that? Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I like the city jersey. I like, I, I yeah. like it just fine. It's just uh, to see. But when I saw the Clippers jersey, and I was like, that mm. kind of looks like a, you know, I shot you a picture of it and, and sent you a text. And I was like, this kind of looks like Oklahoma City <laughs> yeah. jersey. I know. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you. I like a lot of the a lot of the new jerseys. I'm starting to like them. Like I'm starting the Utah jerseys the, with that the whole you know the and I told you the city them those things look I, correct. I, I man, told you nice. from the jump we talked about it. I was like I I like them and you were like nah. Thing, those, and those the Miami jerseys are the, the oh, I Miami love those. joints those first of the all joysies. the joysies <laughs> they nailed it. Yeah. They nailed it, and those things are like selling, like, yeah. selling like hot, like hotcakes. Yeah, those are, those are awesome. Like, I'm contemplating buying a Miami jersey, and like, you oh, know, give me a waiters like, one, like you know, a grandmama or, or not grandmama. I'm sorry, Lon, uh, Zoe, you know, or a, a Dwayne Wade, some you know, old so, oh, morning, yeah, Alonzo, Alonzo morning. morning, yeah. You gotta remember, there's a new Zoe in no, town. No, I'll say Alonzo, Alonzo morning, Alonzo morning. Okay, yeah. oh yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, I, I love those jerseys. Some jerseys, like the Dallas one with the DAL. I don't I mean, really it, like that it's one. It's okay, but like somebody else, uh, shout out to Ryan Rivera, um, mentioned that it's very uh, Minnesota like. It is in, yeah, in the yeah. lime green. It uh, is, and I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't refer to Dallas as Dow. No, me neither. Just like, like it should I, be DFW, and that's yeah. DFW is is, is I like that. <laughs> Just like I don't refer to Philadelphia as Phila. No, it's Philly. I'm like, why they had an opportunity to go with Philly there? Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't understand what they're going with. All right, so, so I'm gonna give you three opportunities, and I know you're looking at the script, but if you weren't looking at the script, what script? This yeah. is all off the top. <laughs> yeah, if you weren't looking at the script, who was the leading scorer for the Thunder in that game? I'll, I'll give you three opportunities. So, of course, you'd probably well, I, I happen to know this because I I was watching the game, so I happen to yeah. see this that. I know for a fact that it was uh, Corey Brewer. Yeah, Corey Brewer had 22 points in that yeah. game. He was the leading scorer for the Thunder. I did know that because he was the player of the game, and I was watching it on the TV, yeah. and I saw it. So I did know that for a fact. Without, but for the most part, if I were to give you three three opportunity, three guesses. He's not the person I'm no, guessing. No, you would guess Westbrook. You would guess Paul George. And then you would probably alternate between um, Adams Carmelo and Carmelo. Adams, yeah. Yeah, no way would you think it's Corey Brewer no. at 22 points. Especially yeah. not 
So, okay, we'll get into this a little bit more um, as far as Corey Brewer's impact on the team. Uh, but in this game, Melo had nine points on three of 11 shooting, two of seven from three, four rebounds. Uh, PG had 19 points, two of four from three, seven rebounds, seven assists, three steals. Adams was a beast. Adams, so DeAndre Jordan had, I believe, 21 rebounds in that game. He had maybe 14 points, something like that. You look at those stats and you're like, wow, you know, this is a DeAndre Jordan game. He dominated. No. If you watch the game, it's not the same. No. Adams completely dominated him. He had 18 points, 14 rebounds, three steals, and five blocks. Um, Westbrook continued his triple-double tear. He had 16 points, 10 boards, 11 assists. And then, off the bench, Mr. Rookie, Terrence Ferguson, uh, he had 12 points on four of six shooting. Two of four from three and three steals. And he also had the nice uh, reverse alley oop dunk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> off of off of a bad pass from uh, from Raymond Felton. Um, so also in that game, so Brewer, you know, why do we bring Brewer into into the team? Defense, we his had defense. A, yeah. So he had six steals in that game, man. He it, it was great, man. And, you look at it. He, he was putting a stranglehold on a. Uh, on Lou Williams. On Lou Williams, and I think he guarded a little Austin, Austin Rivers, Rivers a little bit. Yeah. And Austin, it got a little testy there in yeah, the did, game. Yeah, man. I mean, Austin Rivers, he's, he's he, I love that he feels like he's picked on, you know, because he's he's daddy's son on the team and blah blah, you know, that things of that nature. Uh, but he, he can play a little bit. I mean, he can he can go ahead and he, he's developing. He's nicely. developing. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty he's a solid player. He's a solid player. I give him that. Um, you know. Don't know if he's completely starter material in this league. I think he's more of a six man. Yeah, I, I'd say definitely as a second point guard, kind of yeah. leading the second team. But you know, I I just I I don't think it's very smart to go at Westbrook. No, it's not. Period. Mm-mm, no. Uh, just generally as a rule on that court, I just don't think you're going to win that matchup. No. Uh, and he definitely didn't win that matchup. No, he didn't. Many people have many 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 have come for the crown and. Not succeeded. But you know what? I give him all kinds of credits for, I guess, having the gumption or the chip on his shoulder to feel he like does. he needs I'll to. I'll give him that, yeah. And and it's not, you know, and he goes out every night, like you say, to, to, to you know, I guess because he's with daddy or, you know, people feel like, you know, he's only in the league because of daddy or daddy's keeping him in mm-hmm. the league, I should say. Um, you know, but. He's, he's, he's developed his, he's, his niche. He's developed he's, nicely. Yeah, he has. All right, so moving on to today, uh, a matinee game, noon game. Uh, for the Thunder, they go into Toronto, and they come out with a, I don't know if it's surprising, uh, but they come out with a resounding victory, 132 to 125. Um, as far as defensively, this wasn't necessarily the game for you. Um, it turned into an offensive clinic between both sides, and the Thunder were actually able to hold off the Raptors and and kind of finish it out. I mean, it it got a little bit testy there at the end, not necessarily between the Thunder, but between the Raptors and the refs. And so what what ended up being a 132 to 125 victory should have probably been like a 129 to 125 victory. Yeah, it got riddled with technical fouls and ejections. Oh, my gosh, right yeah. So the last minute and a yeah, half. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, he got ejected after a call. Well, Kyle Lowry got uh, fouled out minutes before that yeah. DeMar DeRozan got ejected and then what and then Ibaka also got ejected Dwayne Casey got during ejected. the timeout and then Dwayne Casey got ejected shortly after the next series yeah of, so it's yeah, like Oprah it was Oprah giving out tees you get a tee you get a tee everybody gets a tee you get ejected yeah, you, you get, get ejected, ejected. It, was, it was hilarious it was, it was, it was fun to watch because usually 
you know, usually the Thunder are on the opposite, the opposite end of the calls. End of that, exactly. And they had a couple calls this game where it was just like, what the heck? But well, still. The one that comes to mind is the Corey Brewer where uh, uh, DeRozan is driving the ball, clearly pushes yes. off. Yes. And it was the offensive Corey foul. Corey Brewer back. Brewer stands Brewer up. Brewer gets back up. Gets in position. Up with his feet above the little <laughs> half circle. Takes the charge and then gets called for a for blocking foul. Yeah. That was that was horrible, right? There. Now, <laughs> and then the other one was um, at the end of the half, what should have been a three point shot for Paul George was instead counting as a two point shot. And then because I guess because the time allotted elapsed where they could review it, they couldn't go back and review it, which is the stupidest rule in the world. In the world, any shot that comes at the end of a quarter or the end of a half needs to be able to be reviewed right there on the spot, regardless of it. Um, So, yeah, so the Thunder came in. The Raptors came into this game on an 11-game win streak. Again, like I said um, earlier, it's it's pretty much catapulted them to the top of the East. Um, Boston has had some injury issues here lately, and so they haven't been able to necessarily win at the pace that they used to um, early in the season. So the Raptors have have pretty much – Locked up that number one and, seed. They're, I think know, they're like three or four and, games up. And the Rockets are or the Rockets. The Raptors are looking really, really good. The difference I would say this year between the you know the the Raptors before mm-hmm. is the bench. Jakob Pertl, yeah, Siakam, Van Fleet, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what, so. So whenever I did the the preview, Siakam, Siakam, yeah, uh, these Pascal. guys are these guys are looking. Nice, and they're looking yes. good, and they're looking ready to go. So when I, I did the preview for this game on my site, and whenever I was doing like the research on NBA.com on their stats, they weren't weak on anything. Like usually, I look, I, I try to look for the weakness that maybe the Thunder can exploit. The only thing that they were weak on, which the Thunder did exploit, is that they tend to foul a lot. So they foul a lot, and they send guys to the free throw line a lot. They're I think the number three in the league as far as. Uh, sending guys to the free throw line the most, uh, three or four. And so the Thunder did take advantage of that. But as far as a team, consist, you know, consistently on both ends of the floor, they're probably one of the they're, – they're elite. As far as all the numbers say, they are an elite team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Especially in the East, that's – you know, Cleveland is down to, like, what, fourth in the East? They're fourth, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a guarantee that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to make it to the finals. So the no, East is very much up for grabs. Yeah, if you – And it, the, the, this is the year to take advantage exactly, of Exactly, and the Raptors look like they're ready to take advantage of the situation. You know, I think when we played the Raptors here in Oklahoma City, I think Van Vliet went off for, like, 20-plus points in that game. Yeah, he did. In the, in the victory, so – No, guys, we won. Oh, we won that one. Yeah, well? we won that one. Well, maybe I was just mesmerized by the that fact was that, that was one of the one of our biggest wins of the first half of the season. Uh, was beating I think it was one twenty four to one oh seven. We beat them pretty handily. Um, but but yeah, I mean it, it's still like you look at that team and you look at the East Boston. I think Boston is the type of team that says, you know what, if we can take it as far as we can this year, we will. But we're more built for next season. Like we get another year. Under yeah, the belt of Jalen Brown, Hayward. get another year under the belt of Jason Tatum, have Gordon Hayward come back, another year of Irving, another year of Horford, another year, get them all situated together, and then we're ready to make our run next year. You know, so if you're, if there's a team that's going to come out of the East surprisingly, it's going to be Toronto. And I think they're banking on uh, LeBron leaving the East as well. Or at least yeah, hoping. probably. And then, you know, so the cra- so crazy situation is let's say – Golden State, as expected, makes it out the West. 
and Toronto makes it out the East. Guess who has home court advantage at this moment? Toronto does. I believe it's Golden State now, but they're just like a half game to a full game below Golden State as far as having the better record. So you can literally have a home, like a game one of an NBA Finals start off in Toronto. Like I would love to see, what's that called, Jurassic Park? What used to be like Thunder Alley for us, Jurassic Park for them. That would be crazy. And sadly, I don't think nobody would shoot anything up to where Jurassic Park would have to be closed down like it was here. Um, so, Well, they would apologize at least afterwards. Yeah. So in my opinion, um, this was probably, as far as recently, the biggest win of the season for the Thunder. It was a statement game on Statement Sunday. They were wearing their statement jerseys. Um, and I think it was probably one of their most important games of the season that they actually won. And Westbrook came out and completely dominated the Raptors. Like, he does this in Toronto a lot lately, um, but he had 37 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists, and two steals. And just completely, anytime the Thunder needed a big bucket, he was there either assisting or he was making that bucket himself. Adams. Adams was completely dominant. Adams went off in the first half. Yeah, he did, yeah. And he ended up with 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. And I think 18 of those were in the first half. Yeah, either 18 or 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, PG, 22 points on 6 of 14 shooting, um, (laughs) 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. Mello, 15 points on 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from from deep. And then Brewer had 10 points on 4 of 8 shooting. So another game where all five starters have double digits. I mean, when you talk about Robertson, I love Robertson, but of course his weakness was Offense. on the offensive end. Although so, he was making a stride towards yeah, the right direction trending. when he started making the back cuts and driving to the basket and started you know, putting up eight points yeah. uh, there towards the injury. So, um, so this team is, is – th- this was a big win. This was a big win against – a team that number one had been on a big time win streak, and number two um, has been elite as far as the numbers say. And we went in there, and I wouldn't say we dominated, um, but there was no question that we won that game. This this wasn't a game where oh the referees gave us the game or whatever. You know, regardless of what happened at the end of the game between the referees and the Raptors, we had the momentum going into that. You know, into the last half of that fourth quarter. Um, so, yeah, so as far as maybe looking forward, so we play, so this next week we have uh, we have Boston on Tuesday. Uh, then we have, I believe, two to three days off. We play Miami at home. Then we play Portland at home. Big time game as far as the Portland game. But each of these games is big because if you can go ahead and solidify your position as the number four seed in the West, um, you know, that'll just go ahead and keep you there. And, you know, tonight, Minnesota lost. That's another team that kind of, you know, goes down further into the standings and further away from us. So the Thunder do have to keep on winning. So if I were to tell you versus or at Boston versus Miami at home versus Portland at home, what's your prediction for this week coming up? So they have Portland at home. Portland has been trending lately. They're mm-hmm. on a four or five game winning streak. No, they've been they're on an eleven game winning streak. Eleven game winning streak. Miami, they're trying to tank. No, they're not. Uh, Miami's in the in the playoff picture. Yeah, but they're Yeah. No waiters. I mean when you can't have waiters on your team, it's over. They're in the picture, but they're not really yeah. in the picture. 
I think they go two and one. Uh, two and one sounds good. They go two and one, but I really need them to win that Portland game. I'm getting tired of Portland. Uh, so I really need them to win that Portland game and kind of They're kind of like the annoying little uh Oh my goodness, yes. I mean they're they're they they're good. They weren't supposed to be this good. They're good they're good offensively, so you knew they were gonna be good offensively uh because of Lillard and CJ McCollum, but they're good defensively too. They got those, you know, the the role players around them have been playing very well. Um so so yeah. So I I do want to discuss one thing, a couple things about the Thunder. So uh so Corey Brewer's impact. Are you surprised by it? Not really. We knew defensively. Well, I guess offensively, I would say mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Um, defensively, this is what we expected. This is what we hoped. Yeah. Uh, I am a little bit surprised at how fast he's picking up the things. But I guess yeah. you know he's with he's known Coach Donovan. He coached. He played with him in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know it might be similar stuff that they learned there. So it might not be a real big transition for him. Uh, you know when when he's his what was it two games in he was already started in the starting yeah, lineup on the third game and, and here. I sent you a text and I was like wow already like like you know <laughs> like either we're really really bad or like yeah you know he picked it up pretty quickly and he's just done phenomenal uh, he's been great man he's and, been he's been so like he's been above and beyond what I expected his impact would be like I thought he would be. You know, may he may be a starter, yes. Eventually, I, I knew he would probably be a starter because of his history with Donovan. Um, but, man, looking at it and look at the impact that he's had, not just defensively, because he's, he's very – he trends very much towards, like, Robertson. He looks a lot like Robertson, plays a lot like him. But his impact offensively, those corner threes, um, the spacing, yeah, he's, he's just constantly just constantly moving around, that causes the defense to have to shift their heads and shift around – and give players like Westbrook, Melo, PG, Adams the space they need to operate. And he's not afraid to drive the ball. No, drive he's not. No. I mean, that, and that puts pressure on the defense also. Um, so, I mean, he's been amazing, man. Like, I, like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I'm waiting for that game where he's just like, he plays like doo-doo, and it's just like, oh, here we go. This is, this is it. I knew it. This is what we should expect. Um, but, no, it hasn't happened yet, and then – you know, here's here's the here's the mark of a good team. So we've had a couple games here recently where like Carmelo hasn't necessarily played that well as far as Carmelo's standards go. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had like a nine point game here, eleven point game there. But here's the thing, like in that Clippers game he had nine points. But guess who guess who made up for that? Corey Brewer. Brewer had twenty two points. You know. Um let's see, uh I believe it was an earlier game, you know, maybe last week, where, again, Melo didn't really show out that well. But Brewer came in and was able to kind of make up for those points. Um, So it's something that when you look at the comparison between Brewer and uh, Robertson, it's something that Robertson can't give you. Like, maybe as far as defensively, you know, Robertson is that much better than Brewer. But offensively... It's a completely different ball yeah, game. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game. But then you look at it. Okay, so let's say in this hypothetical, let's say we get Paul George, we keep Paul George, we keep Corey Brewer, mm-hmm. and Robertson comes back. Can you imagine Robertson coming off the bench as like your second tier guy on defense, guarding? And we need that too, guarding whoever, like, re- regardless whether it's Robertson or Brewer. Like if you move Brewer to the bench, 
there you have your defensive anchor on the bench as far and as and apparently some offense. Yeah, as far as perimeter and apparently some offense too. And and then you have options when it comes to the end of games about who you can play and you know mix and match and so on and so forth. You literally have like George Brewer and Robertson like just on the per- <laughs> arms stretched out and they've got the whole three point line covered. Yeah, literally. Like so 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 then my next question is: Do you think we do keep him past the season? I think there's a potential. I think we do. Um, I think he's a good fit here. The, he likes the coach. You know, these guys are bonding. He's, he's, you know. Uh, what do you call him? What do you say he looks like? What did I say? Was it you or was it, or was it your brother? I mean, it might have been your brother that said he looks like uh, Mr. Otterton off of uh, Zootopia. Yeah, that's definitely not me. <laughs> He does look a little bit like Mr. Otter off of off of uh, off of Zootopia. So you know, just the we got to increase our headband supply here in Oklahoma <laughs> City. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would love to keep him. I think the combination of him and, and uh, Robertson swapping off starting roles, whatever you want to do, it doesn't yeah. really matter. You have two lockdown defenders basically in your first unit and your second unit. Yeah, definitely, and I and I think he can be kept for about the vet minimum. You know, I don't think he's necessarily looking at. A big time contract. Well, I told you. Uh, so he was averaging three point seven points per game in Los, in Los Angeles, and since he's come over to the Thunder out, outside of the twenty two point game, he's been averaging about twelve point five. Yeah, that's which amazing. is a lot more than we've gotten averaging from that position. You know, with over Robertson the pa- over the past three years for a while. So you know, it's it's something that I hope we can work out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you look at you know Melo's on the decline, but you know. Melo still doing Melo. Um, yeah, he's on decline. But the thing about Melo is, so he can have that game where exactly he, he gives you nine. Hot. But then he has that game, the exactly. Atlanta game, where he gets hot, and exactly. he actually, you know, is one of the reasons why you win. And you know what? Spot up shooters still have a place in this game as long as you can yeah. shoot the ball. Oh yeah, you can find a roster spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so another thing I want to talk about is, uh, so whenever Corey Brewer started, and Josh Houston, Josh Houston got sent to the bench. So the the thought and the feeling was that okay, so the backup minutes would be kind of between Houston and Abrinas. If you need offense, bring a, you know bring in Abrinas. If you need defense, you bring in Houston. Um, but Terrence Ferguson, you know the coach, Coach Donovan just keeps on playing and keeps on playing him. And so we have a a, a Twitter question from uh, Kevin Fowler at Kev F one twenty. He says, uh, what happened to Houston's minutes in the last few games? And that's a question that I have. I mean, as far as giving you the answer, I don't know what the answer is going to be. Um, but as far as, like, Houston's, Houston's has averaged, like, two and a half, three minutes per game the last three or four games. And it's kind of, it's baffling. It's baffling to me that you can have this one guy that, in a pinch, you, you have him starting, and he, it would, you know, if Corey Brewer doesn't come in this season, I can bet you that Josh Eustace is starting the remaining of the games. The rest of the games left, he's starting those at the two guard position. Um, and so you go from that to not playing him at all. It just, it's the story of Josh Eustace in Oklahoma City. And you know what's funny is that it would, maybe we don't retain him. He goes somewhere else and he just finally see the payoff and just gets the minutes and starts developing into yeah, he turns a into, decent real player. Yeah, he turns into a rotation player, which he can be, I think. He's athletic as hell. 
you know, he's able to do a pick and roll very well with Westbrook. You know, we've seen that, in, you know, in a couple games. He's able to shoot the three-pointer good enough, not necessarily elite, but good enough to be in the league. Good enough to keep you somewhat honest. Yeah, exactly. And he plays pretty good defense, especially around the rim. You know, he's he's a pogo stick around the rim. And it's just like, why is this guy not getting, like, what is he do? Is, is Has he taken pictures of coaches' wives or something like that? I mean, what's he doing? It's it's baffling to me, but at the same time, it shouldn't be baffling because this has been Houston's story with Oklahoma City since he got here. He should have gotten minutes last season. He didn't. He played in two. Or, he played. He played in five games last year, I think. Like as far as a developmental season, it should have been last year, and he still didn't get time. You know, so it's just. It's very weird. It's very, it's it's just it's baffling to me. You know, it's baffling that Terrence Ferguson he had that one good game against the Clippers, um, but the rest of the time he's had kind of a his plus minus is very high on the minus side most games if he gets more than ten minutes. You know, so I, I understand he's a rookie. I understand you want to develop him, but can you honestly look at this and tell me that you think Ferguson is going to get? 10-plus minutes per playoff game. No. No, I don't no. think so. You can't. You can't have that out there. You can't justify that. So why are you playing him so much now, especially in the stretch run, when you probably need to have Houston out there because Houston probably has a little bit more of a, of a chance of playing in the playoffs than does Ferguson. Especially when you're facing some of these teams, potentially, that you're going to end up facing. Uh, right now, if the playoffs were to start today, where you're playing Utah, and mm-hmm. then once you get past that, you're looking at like length in Houston and length in Golden State, yeah. where Houston is probably your better option. Houston has done great against those two teams, the Golden States and the uh, the Houston's. Why are we playing Ferguson so much? I, I it baffles my mind. Yeah, he shows flashes, but flashes are for the future. Flashes are not for the present, especially when, for all intents and purposes. We're vying for a championship. It may not look, it may, the chances may not look to be that high, but we're still in there. We're still in the conversation. You look at it, we're what? We're one and two or one and one against Houston. We're two and one against Golden State. Those are the teams that you're going to see in the second and third rounds of the playoffs if you make it that far. One and oh against San Antonio, I think. We're two and one against or, San Antonio. Have we played them three times? Yeah, already? we've played them three times. We played their, their G League team one one time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but I mean it's it's just like why why are you doing this why are you playing Ferguson so much in spite of Houston? You know, because Abrinas, he's still getting eh, about ten minutes a game. Um and he's been doing very well in those minutes. You know, he's been he's a shooter, he's been shooting, he's been making them. And he's been making them, yeah. He so, made he was he came off with uh Back to back three pointers, I think, in the second half in this today, yeah, in, in the fourth the, quarter in the Toronto games, so. yeah, oh, yeah, very, and the, there were huge three pointers, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a little bit weird. And, and you know, Kevin Fowler, I'm sorry I couldn't necessarily answer your question, you know, but it's baffling to me just as it is to you. Uh, so, so another thing I want to touch on, so you, you said that, uh, so Eric Horn had an interview with Carmelo so, Anthony, yeah, Eric Horn had an interview with Carmelo Anthony and put it out, um, in the news, okay. Uh, and just talking about how Melo enjoys walking to clear his head. It's like his uh, like his Zen piece. Mm-hmm. Um, he rarely, ever since he's gotten in the league, he's found it hard to transition from 
you know, with the busy life and the high pace of MBAs traveling and all that stuff, he's never gotten any more than about five hours of sleep. Yeah. And so uh, he used to just walk wherever he was at, you know, in Denver. He did it in New York uh, to just clear his head. And sometimes he wouldn't even tell security. He would just kind of dip out, mm-hmm. walk for about an hour or so, and then come back, you know, walk around the block or something, just clear his head and come back. And it was like his personal time. And he's talked about how in Oklahoma City he did doesn't get bothered very much. Most mm. people, you know, especially at night, it's just perfect for him to go out, walk, and just kind of come back. Um, and said in New York, he used to do it all the time, and uh, and then people kind of got caught on to his, uh, what he was doing, and then he used to have to stagger mm-hmm. when he was doing it. But uh, something that keeps him like it refocuses him. He gives him, yeah. you know, re re energizes him, uh, which I thought was pretty easy, you know, and. LeBron, he uh, Eric Horn references the uh, LeBron uh, mentioned it when they came to Oklahoma City one night, late one night they were all just walking down uninterrupted, uh, you know, not being mm. ambushed by fans. It's something that Oklahoma City can offer uh, him. It said in the deep deuce areas where he's you know doing his walking and stuff like that is uh, one of the benefits of Oklahoma City is that. Yeah. Even during the day when we see you, yes, we're going to say hi and all that other stuff. But it's not like we're going to hound you all mm-hmm. the way. Uh, you know, you get that freedom to just walk around. And Oklahoma, you know, it is hot. It is uh, windy at times. But it's very. it has very beautiful sunsets, yeah. very beautiful nights. Um, you can see the stars. Um, and so, you know, I can see how that would be. Um, peaceful to kind of just relax somebody and, and get you away from the rigors of an NBA season. It, it, I mean, it's, uh, I find it I find it funny because you know you think of Melo. Melo basically forced his way out of Denver to go to New York. To go to New York, yeah. And so you look at that and you look at it and you say Melo's a New York guy. You know, Melo is you know all about New York, all about the nightlife and blah 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 blah. But come to find out, the guy likes his. <coughs> His time to kind of break away from everything else that's going on, just like any one of us do. We like to zone out and drone out to whatever we like to. Some people listen to music. Some people watch TV. Some people work out. Whatever it is, his thing is to walk. And so in a place like New York, where you have a lot more people, you have a lot more possibility of people, number one, spotting you, number two, hounding you, um, it probably is for a lot of players – a situation like this is more advantageous in a smaller, you know, in a smaller city like Oklahoma City, um, to be able to be human. Well, you know, that's one of the things that like you're able to go out and you're not necessarily hounded all the time. You're able to kind of enjoy life different than what it probably is in a bigger city. Yeah, I also think that uh, New York City is a city that never sleeps. Yeah, that's true. Right. So even at two o'clock in the morning when you're walking, it's it. It has a, a busy feel to it. Yeah, all the bars and, and clubs close at 2 o'clock here in uh, in Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think in New York, <laughs> some of them close at like 4 and stuff like that, 3 or 4. But uh, Oklahoma, is, uh, it's, more, it's quieter, right? Yeah. And, um, and it gives you an ability to just soak in the silence, if that makes any sense. I mean, For those of you who've like outdoors yeah. people, stuff like that, you understand that like there's a beauty to, si- to the silence when you're looking at nature. It's called, it's called disconnecting. It's the beauty of disconnecting. And it's funny because you look at Paul George and you're like, oh, Paul George, L.A., you know, he's going to go. He's a hunting and fishing guy. He's a hunting and fishing guy. You know, he's a, well, field, he's a fishing guy. Yeah, he's a field, you know, field and streams fishing guy. Like, like this guy is, is more Palmdale is more Oklahoma City than it is Los Angeles. 
It's just because of the proximity to Los Angeles, it's about an hour and a half away from Los Angeles, that you say, okay, well, Palmdale is more Los Angeles than it is Oklahoma City. But in reality, Palmdale, where he grew up, is probably a lot more like Oklahoma City than it is L.A. Yeah. Um, Patrick Patterson was the uh, same thing when he got here. He yeah, was excited he said, about you know, fishing, and, and he's a big movie guy. And he, go, and he goes to the movies, the Harkin Theater, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, yeah, people recognize him or whatever, but I'm sure he gets his peace and quiet. To you watch mean Patterson? Him. Yes. You think he's a Beverly. Did, did I? Yeah, you said okay. Patrick Beverly. My bad. Patrick Patterson. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he gets that, you know, that yeah. that freedom. You get certain liberties where, yes, you can be the NBA star, but you can also be yourself. The person. Yeah. You can be yourself. Okay, so looking at the West standings real quick. So, as of right now, so I, I believe um, Portland and Clippers are playing currently. Um, but as of right now, all the other games have finished. And so these are the updated standing so houston's number one of course uh golden state is three games behind them and then there's a big dip into number three which is portland um they're 12 and a half games back of houston but we're going to use portland as the uh the number one team within these next couple teams and so oklahoma city is a game and a half back of portland as of this point um utah is let's see three and a half games back so they're two games back of Oklahoma City. Um, New Orleans, two games back of Oklahoma City. San Antonio, two games back of Oklahoma City. They each have the same record, uh, but I believe because of tiebreakers, Utah is number five, New Orleans number six, and San Antonio number seven. Uh, Minnesota, who a couple weeks ago was number three, staunchly number three in the West, is now number eight in the West uh, with a 40-31 and 31 record. And then the Clippers are... Number nine, thirty-seven and thirty-one, and they are. And the thing is, they're number nine, but they're just four games back of of the Thunder, um, and then five and a half games back of Portland. And then Denver is also four games back of Oklahoma City, five and a half games back of Portland. So it's still close. It's still tight. The race is so ridiculous. You have to go down to ten. Yes. And they're still in competition. They're still in competition. And then look how, you know, Houston and Golden State have had such a great season. They're literally, what, 10, 13 games ahead ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so they're like in their own tier right now. And then mm. everybody else is scrapping yeah. to get into that next tier. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you literally have to keep on winning um, to to keep up. And so a couple things around the league. So, number one, Andrew Wiggins is unhappy with his role with Minnesota. Um, he's He feels like he's the third wheel between Jimmy Butler, Cat, and himself. And so so the rumor was that this, you know, he whispered this to a couple of his teammates. That, that just sounds ridiculous to me. Like, does he just go behind teammates and just goes, hey, psst, I don't like my role. I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. I'm, it's just, number three. So it's, it, it, it kind of sounds like his agent Saying something, but it's just kind of weird because he he got his extension. So I don't understand why why this would be coming up now. So it's just it's just kind of weird to me. I don't know. Uh, Minnesota seems to be kind of struggling with the Jimmy Butler injury, and you know they're like I said, they're down to eighth in the West, and it's a little bit it's probably a little bit harrowing for them to. If you're not happy with your third banana roll, now would be the time to show it, right? When Jimmy exactly, Butler's out, yeah. now would be the time for you to like shine. Yeah, now's the time for you to shine. Now's the time whenever you're about to make your first playoff in your career 
to bring that up. It's just kind of the the timing is weird. So I don't know whether to believe it or I don't know whether I don't I don't know what to say about that. Um, Kawhi Leonard situation with San Antonio. What what is that all about, man? Yeah, he's still not. Apparently, they're on talking terms now, and I think he said that he wants to remain a Spurs and stuff like that. But it's just one of those things where uh, he's been cleared. Now he's waiting to get cleared from his second opinion. But apparently, he's not even practicing with them. Like they, I, I think they had a. They talked to Patty Mills or Manu Ginobili or something like that. And he was like, you know, so so how's how's Kawhi looking? He was like, I guess good. He's not practicing with us. Yeah, he's he's wait. So the second opinion hasn't cleared him. The the Spurs themselves have cleared him, but uh-huh. then he went and got a second opinion, and uh, those guys haven't cleared him yet. So there was rumors that he would potentially come back last week yeah. during the Spurs game, but then that was you know he that's hadn't a, been cleared. That's by his, such a strange situation, man. It's like it's so unSpursian like, you know, it's so. It's just strange for them to have to deal with drama like this. You know, other teams deal with drama and it's just fine. Spurs deal with drama and it's just weird. Yeah. Um, well, because normally that drama is handled internally. We never find out about it. Yeah. And so did you? Did you see uh, Alvin Gentry's rant on I the referee? I did see Alvin Gentry's <laughs> rant. He, I mean, man, these these coaches and players off. are not giving a they're crap just, about the fifteen thousand dollar fine. They are going after the refs, and good on them because the refs have been completely inconsistent this year. Um, but with that said, you know, all these facts getting in the way of Alvin Gentry's uh, rant here. Uh, guess who the top two players in the league are at drawing fouls? Well, before we get there, uh-huh. part of his rant was, one, he was upset with the three-point foul call that they called towards James Harden, mm-hmm. which on replay, well, at first foul. watching it, you know, the guy has his hand, his other hand in his chest so he can't get caught. You know, I was like, eh. I watched it on replay. It was clearly a foul. He clearly yeah. slapped him on the on the forearm. Um, but part of his rant was like, you know, you give James Harden that foul call, but our guy uh, who's driving to the lane and getting beat up doesn't mm-hmm. get any calls. Yeah. That was basically his major rant. He's like, if you're going to call it for him, you need to call it for us as well. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I, lo- <laughs> I, love, I love that he went into it and he said – you know, that's not how you officiate the game. That's not how you officiate, which is what a lot of coaches and a lot of players have been kind of saying this whole season. Um, but with what he said, guess who the top two players are at drawing fouls in the league? I don't know. Harden. It's not Harden. It's actually DeMarcus Cousins before he got injured. And number two, Anthony Davis. So, bo- so both of the top two <laughs> foul drawers are on his team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. You know, darn those facts getting in the way of my argument. That's beside the point. Damn you facts. Um, so that's that's pretty much all I have for the NBA. You got anything else? Yeah, so a couple other things. Uh, Marcus Smart is rumored to be out for about six to eight weeks with Ooh. that thumb injury. I think it is. Yeah, so he's pretty. He's probably basically out. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors' entire starting lineup is basically yeah, I know. <laughs> hurt. Uh, Kevin Durant's out for a few weeks with a broken rib. Uh Chris uh, Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson has a broken, broken thumb, thumb on his shooting hand. On his shooting hand, Steph Curry has the tweaked ankle, and then Draymond Green, while he's still playing, has that sore shoulder and mm. elbow situation going on. Oh yeah. I know. Uh, so a couple years ago, when they won the first championship, um, somebody noted had, that they had, you know, basically everything break their way for him. No injuries. No injury. No nothing. And Clay, no. and you know, Steve, Steph Curry too said rightfully so said you know hey you can't blame us for that mm-hmm. uh it is what it is i just have a feeling that if they don't win the championship year somehow it's because of injuries the injuries are going to get blamed for it and i'm <laughs> like hey wait a minute you can't have it both you ways. can't have your cake and eat it too um 
So I guess Ricky Rubio is the most hated man in the league. Man, people don't like him. So he got hip checked by uh, Teague. By Jeff Teague. And and Jeff Teague didn't get suspended for that, which blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, and then No, no, what, what was it? So so Jeff Teague did that. He got a flagrant two, and he got ejected. And then the next night... It was rescinded, wasn't it? No, no, no. The next night, somebody did that to the Thunder. I forgot who it was, and they got a common foul. It was, uh, it was on Adams, and it was... Was it Nurkic? It was yeah, Nurkic. Yeah. It was Nurkic that did it. They were playing the, the Nuggets. No, Portland. They were playing Portland in Portland. And Nurkic, he didn't. It wasn't necessarily the same but thing. He hit him with like a booty bump. I, I know yeah, he, he knocked him like, down to the floor. It could have been, his, but it's a situation where. So if if the if one got a flagrant two and an ejection, the other this one should have gotten at least a flagrant one. And that was one of the things I, I talked about in the previous podcast. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's the consistency in the league. But, yeah, it does seem like Ricky Rubio <laughs> and so, is, uh, is the yeah, new Steve it? Nash. I think yesterday, so uh, Marquise Chris went up for a lane, got kind of hard landed on his hip. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too happy about that. Utah inbounds the ball pretty quickly. Uh, Rubio's dribbling the ball up, and Chris Dudley basically gives him a forearm shiver. Was it, was it Rubio that knocked him to the ground? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I think Rubio was just <laughs> dribbling the ball up. Uh, Chris Dudley – or Jared Dudley, I should say, gives him a little forearm shiver. He gets up quickly, uh-huh. and then Marquise Chris is coming up and, you know, gives him oh, another thing man. and shoves him back down to the ground. And then, you know, all hell breaks out, lo- uh, breaks loose after that. So they're both hit with a $25,000 fine a pretty boy each. from Spain, man. You got uh, to hate so him. So I'm trying to figure out why everybody hates Ricky Rubio <laughs> in the league. It's the next sitcom uh, on Fox. <laughs> because it's it's really ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, right. Sam Van Gundy also fined fifteen thousand dollars for you know criticizing the officials. Well, I mean, PG has been fined a couple times fifteen thousand for for criticizing. I mean, it's, these guys are so number one fifteen thousand is a drop in the bucket for a lot of these players. That's number one, uh, but number two, you know, they're willing to go ahead and take that fine to let their you know let to air out their grievances grievances basically. Um, so we do have an Instagram question. From our homies, I don't have a sound for that. Our homies at the uh, PTGC, the Pimp Trick Gangsta Click podcast, aka Ryan. Shout out to Ryan and Rashawn. Shout out to Ryan, Rashawn, and all them guys. All right, so if the playoffs started today, OKC will come in at the fourth seed, taking on. It said Minnesota, but at you know at the time it was Minnesota, but right now I think it's Utah. Utah. Um, So who would be your ideal first round matchup? So of course. This would be I, I, I Utah, right? So, so this would be eliminating, of course, Houston, Golden State from the mix. Right. Um, I, okay, so I can tell you the team that I do not want to face, and that's Portland. Portland yeah. annoys me, annoys, annoys the Thunder. Um, I wouldn't want to face the Pelicans either. Anthony Davis seems to have like a yeah, he, like he, a knack he plays for well against the Thunder. It to us, yeah, he, he plays very well against. I mean, honestly, if we, if, I would love to play the Clippers. They seen you know as far as as far, the Thunder swept them this year three yeah but they're not they're I mean they're not in the playoffs they're right not now. yeah they're not in the playoffs so I'm saying Utah see I'm Utah sticking, worries me but see they Utah worries me less than Minnesota does the thing with Utah is so so you might score ninety points against Utah and that might be enough for Utah to beat you like Utah's defense is that good like it, it kind of worries you know we have we have elite scores, so I think that would negate their defense. 
Um, and Westbrook always tends to have a pretty good game against them. Uh, but Utah, mm, I, Utah's a little bit strange. Well, we can always just push rookie Rubio down. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, but the thing is, Utah is feasting on bad teams, so they look a lot better than probably what they really are. Um, so, I, I guess if I were to say anybody that I really, really, really want to face, um, it would be definitely probably Clippers, Denver, if they happen to make it in. Um, and then when you go to the teams that are in the in the playoffs, I'd say San Antonio. I think San Antonio without Kawhi. It would be a dogfight because San Antonio is always going to be a dogfight. But I don't think San Antonio can keep up with us. I don't know. Those crafty guys, Patty Mills, Manny Lamarcus Ginobili. Uh, Tony Parker has had like a, a rejuvenation since they moved him to the bench and brought him off. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, if he's healthy, can can be a tear if he needs to. Mm-hmm. And Pau Gasol just adds another three-pointer um, if he's on from a distance. A guy that – a big yeah. seven-footer that can bring you away – you know, at one point in time, they were firmly in the third. You know, they were they were literally right up there with mm. Golden State and Houston. So, here's the thing: the West is stacked once again. The West is stacked. The East, yeah, the West is once again stacked. So, you can go ahead and wish <laughs> as much as you want to face somebody, but a team that you face, regardless of whether you wanted to face them or not. It's probably going to give you a dog fight, a dog fight, regardless. Well, these standings are literally going to go down. To, they're changing every. They're day. going to go down to the last game. Yeah, the last day. Yeah, they are. I mean, it, it is going to go down to the last day as far as the standings go, um, and it's going to be fun, but it's going to be excruciating to watch. Um, yeah, so so, I mean, my 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 answer is there's not really a a set answer because number one. It's changing every day, like you said. Um, and number two, every team in the West is going to give you fits, regardless of it. Like even San Antonio, even Minnesota. Minnesota, you know, if you face them in the playoffs, let's say a four-five matchup, and Jimmy Butler comes back, you know how difficult that thing's going to be. Like I would love Minnesota to stay in the eight spot and have them face Houston. With a healthy Jimmy with Butler, healthy, yeah. But the thing is, is how healthy is Jimmy Butler going to be? That's gonna, that's true. Yeah, when he comes or back. how how productive is Jimmy Butler? I should say. Yeah, uh, I'm still going to stick with Utah, man. I think Utah's yeah. the best of the worst options. I, I I'm going to go with uh, San Antonio. San Antonio, to me, they're not the team they used to be, and I think we have their number. I think we have strengths to uh, to kind of outdo their their strengths type thing. Um, so, uh, how's your bracket doing on the NCAA tournament? I don't really do brackets per se because mm-hmm. I don't watch college basketball enough to true to, to make. I don't think a lot of us decision. do. I did kind of dabble with it a little bit, and I figured Arizona, given the whole Sean Miller situation, that chip on the shoulder, they were seated, DeAndre Ayton. They were seated fourth. Uh, I thought they, you know, feel some sort of disrespect, and I say that in quotations. Mm-hmm. I thought they would go far. I had them kind of winning. That went out the window instantly. Quickly. I also had <laughs> Oklahoma. I thought, you know, Rhode Island, they could get one game. Yeah. They probably don't deserve to be in the, the, the tournament, but I understand Trey Young, he's a sexy name, whatever. They can get one a game. That also went out the window. In they, the were the they were the first team. They were the first team out so, in the tournament. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. Yeah, I mean, and so, this, so and this I had, is why I don't do brackets. I had North Carolina, and uh, that went out the window today. So so yeah, and so anybody who had Virginia seven oh uh, seventeen million people 
uh, filled out the ESPN bracket. None of them. After um, the Arizona's loss, five percent uh-huh. of the brackets were done. Okay. Uh, they all have been now busted with the UMBC defeating the the 16th seed, first ever 16th defeating seed, defeating a number one seed. Virginia. Virginia. The number one overall seed. And it wasn't even a de- – And it was by 20, like, like 20 point U- beat down. UMBC beat them. Like it looked like the UMBC was the number one seed. And are they playing today or did they <coughs> – No, I think they play tomorrow. No, it's Saturday, Sunday. So they would have paid. They would have played today. I don't know if they, I don't know if they made it through or not. Um, but I will say this: UMBC's Twitter game is on point. Put some respect. Oh on my, name. my goodness! I love that Twitter game, man. I love, I love that, I, I love that Twitter game. So, do you know who the first ever 16th seed to beat a number one seed was? UMBC. No. Really? The, who? Well, the first ever in 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 the bracket series was Harvard girls. Defeating, oh, okay. You know, the, and that was twenty years ago. So it took the guys twenty years to catch up to something that the girls had already done. And uh, I do have bad news: they so lost to Kansas. Kansas State. State beat UMB, but it was fifty to forty-three. I mean, it wasn't a blowout either. Oh, snaps! So. Number one Xavier lost to Florida State, seventy-five to seventy. Oh wow! Hey, rest in peace, Samaj Christens, old school, and David West, old school. Dang. Also, number three, uh, Michigan State. Oh, uh, I did see that Carmelo Anthony was uh, ripping uh, Draymond Green for Syracuse beating Minnesota, Michigan State. Oh yeah, so so okay, so a couple of days ago I was at I was at Thunder practice and we were just waiting there, and so this is yes, yeah, this is Thursday. This is when the tournament began, and so I'm sitting there, you know, we're waiting for practice to be over with, and so we're watching the first couple games. We're, for, well, we're actually watching the first game of the tournament, and so you know Fred Katz and and Brett Dawson were all looking at Instagram feeds and everything, <laughs> and so. Uh, what was it? So I guess Syracuse beat uh, beat somebody. Syracuse had to do the playing the playing game. So they, they beat St. Joe's, something like that. Yeah, so they beat St. Joe's, and so you know Carmelo Anthony said something on on Instagram about you know congratulations or whatever for for getting through that game, and so Jimmy Butler jumps on there, and Jimmy Butler's like, man. You last oh, yeah, you last played in Syracuse thirty years ago. Jimmy Butler was having none of it, and <laughs> Carmelo was like. Carmelo said something, and then Jimmy Butler was like, man, I'm bored as hell, man. I'm sitting on this bum-ass knee, just bored as hell. <laughs> it was a funny exchange, though. It was, yeah. just, it was just hilarious to see two players just kind of going back and forth on their Instagram feed, kind of like you know high school girls yeah. do nowadays. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you got anything else? That's it for me. That's it for me, too. Uh, make sure you tune in next week for the next episode. As always, you can catch us on uh, iTunes Store. On the podcast on on the Apple Store, you can also catch us now on Google Play. Uh, so we are on Google Play now. Uh, so make sure you you listen to us. Make sure if it's on, if you can give us a rating, make sure you try to give us the highest rating as possible. If we deserve, it, if you think we deserve it. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, make sure you guys tune in next week. Make sure you guys hit it up, hit us up on Twitter. Um, but you guys thunder up, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Genesis.